It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Rangers Rabble. Uh, I'm Elaine. This is my first time hosting. So I'm thrilled that I'm joined by three consummate professionals that are going to keep me right. Uh, Wilf, how are you doing? I am finally. <laughs> I'm thinking this is going wrong already. Great. Mark, how are you? I'm spot on. How yourself? You good? Not bad, not bad. And Alex, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, good. Fab. Um, Martin is watching in the wings, uh, just in case it all goes horribly wrong. Uh, so to keep him happy, we'll ask everyone to like, uh, comment, subscribe, share, do all the usual stuff. Uh, and as I say, that'll keep him happy. Uh, and what a good week to start off on. Um, well, in terms of, you know, the success of the club, uh, clearly we've not won anything in the past week. But in the past couple of years, where does the past week rate in terms of how good a week it's been? Oh, it's, it's it's massive. I mean, it's well, it's two thousand and eight before we've been in, since we've been in a European semi final. So, you know, that's that's a long time. That's a, that's that monkey off our back, and hopefully we can we can convert that and make it a, another European final. And we've not been in a Scottish Cup final in six years, and we don't want to dwell too much on that because that didn't end well. But yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely massive. I mean, we had to put down a marker against against that lot from the East End um, because. Well, just look at the reaction when we scored. You know, they they, they took the lead and they thought they thought they'd won the treble. They were they were already celebrating winning the treble. Uh, they all thought there's no way back. I mean, it's an absolutely massive, massive week. You know, and I mean, on top of the first, the top of the first team having two fantastic results, you've got the you know you've got the B team knocking them out of the Glasgow Cup. It's just it's all it's all going fabulous. I just hope that it doesn't all fall apart between now and the end of May. Yeah, long may it continue. Mark, is it a bit of an overreaction uh, to say that this is potentially a huge turning point for Gio and it might even have saved his job? I think in terms of uh, uh, his job, I think it's massive for him. I think that I think that he needed he needed this kind of week, week and a half. He needed it badly. Um, after the Celtic game, the, the defeat was... I think probably the lowest a lot of have been in a long, long time. I mean, I, I couldn't get my head right for easily maybe a week, a week and a half. I just, I was just that that gutted and drained, and and it's great how this uh, game of football is just a roller coaster. Isn't it? Just uh, one minute you're suicidal, the next minute you're absolutely buzzing. So that's why we love the game. It's um, it, it's brilliant and. Massive for Gio. Back to your, back to your question. Massive for Gio. I think that um, after the Celtic game, people were calling for his head. And I think that if if we'd have lost, if we'd have went out of Europe and lost in the semi, I think um, I think he'd have been in trouble. I, I don't think he'd probably he would have kept his job. Um, yeah. Especially one more game to go against them. That's if he loses that, he can't go a full season. He can't go a full season like that. Doesn't matter how well you do in between, you just kind of go. So, I think this has probably gave everybody a wee bit more confidence in him, and I think that um, moving forward, I just hope he builds on this. I think he's he's, he's got the core of a, a decent side. I think he's he's starting to get under the skin a wee bit. So, as I said, massive for him, absolutely massive. Alex, um, if we go on to win the Scottish Cup, um, and obviously hopefully progress uh, at least to the final uh, of the Europa League. Would this uh, season be deemed a success? 
tough question. Um, yeah, just to go on what Mark was saying there, he's, he's absolutely spot on. It was a massive couple of results for Gio. Before, um, I think everybody was, you know, people had their opinions and, and this was the week where he had to justify why the people who were still with him were right um, and, and, you know, ha- had the right to still be with him and why he shouldn't be going. And, and especially between, listen, the league form has not been good enough since the new year um, whatsoever. And it's the old cliche, I say it every single time and I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but it's still not his team, it's not his players um, that fit exactly what his system is. So he has to prove between now and the end of the season, or between then and the end of the season, he had to prove why he deserves the chance to rebuild this team and, you know, get it into the right groove. So what a monumental week for um, the club and, and Geo especially. But what most importantly for me was on, on Sunday, what we saw was when we went behind, Rangers seemed to have a mentality issue or or were seemed to have a mentality issue that as soon as you went behind they they kind of lost the plot and looked like headless chicken and just every single loose ball went in and you just stuck a ball after ball aimless crosses you know and and were just hoping for the best whereas this time they seemed to actually you know get a bit more level-headed and and go on and and they found the result they went and won it which is a big well it's a, a massive result for us takes us into the scottish cup final and you know a, a chance at a piece of silverware this season and then we've obviously still got to go in the league. It's not mathematically over yet, so we have to keep going. We can keep the pressure on them as much as we can. You know, they're obviously heavy favourites, but that one's not finished yet. And um, Europe, you know, we have to we have to keep going. I, I think Leipzig will be the toughest challenge we've had. I think they're a tougher challenge than Dortmund. Um, Dortmund were off the boil without Haaland, and you know, players were in and out in form. And you know, as we saw, Jude Bellingham was the star of the show. The rest of them didn't really show up to expectations um Leipzig are are a good side um and they will be tough to beat but if we can get past them then and go on and win the, the Scottish Cup then I would say yeah that is a team from from where we're standing now yes a successful season yeah I, I think that's fair um well I know Alex just touched on the mentality of the players there um would the would you say that the fans had the same mentality? Um, because I know that as soon as we went one down, the vast majority of people around us were fearing the worst. Um, and fair play to the players for coming back. Do you think the fans uh, need to believe in them a wee bit more? I think the fans. I think the fans do believe in them, but it's it's, it's the old scar tissue thing, isn't it? I mean, we've seen it so many times before. You know, the way the, the way the game was going. I mean, I turned to my daughter at half time and said, Look, one goal wins us. Whoever scores first wins this game. And I fully believed that. And I thought it was going to be us. But you've seen it so many times. We lose to put that one off the post and you thought, well, here we go again. You know, because we've seen it so many times. We look at the, the, the 2019 League Cup final, played them off the park. They scored. Even go back to last week against Braga. You know, we're two and a half absolutely coast and they get, they get one set piece of score off it. And you think, oh, here we go. It's, it's just not going to be our night. Sunday was Sunday was like that for me, you know. I thought one goal is going to win this and give the players the due. I mean, as Alec touched on, it, it, is, it is mentality. And when when, the, when we went one down, I honestly didn't think we'd get back into it, and we seemed to kind of wait, wobble a wee bit for, for maybe five or ten minutes. But hats off to the manager. I mean, yeah. everybody's been critical about the substitutions or lack of substitutions that he's made, but he got them absolutely spot on on Sunday. I mean, he, he brought I was going to say is, is that the best use of Gio's subs that he's had since he's been there? Because everyone that brought on, it seemed to work and he seemed to do the, use, or use his subs at the right time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he, he brought well, he, he brought on Arfield and Davis. Within, within three minutes, we've got the equaliser. You know, and uh, nice to see Arfield's into shooting practice after those two that he missed on Thursday night. Um, he owed us one. But yeah, I mean, he did owe us one. I mean, the substitutions were, were fantastic. I mean, even when he brought on Scott Wright just before half time for Aaron Ramsey, I thought, why is he bringing him on? Because Scott Wright, to me, his final ball's not great. He just runs about a lot. But he terrorised him. I mean, again, the final ball wasn't great. But oh, I agree with Aldo there, by the way. Um, <laughs> I know. I, the, didn't, the I, didn't, final, I didn't bring that one up. So Mark's seen it all from. Scott Wright's final ball isn't great, but I mean, he pressed, he pressed them back. You know, and yeah. I, I was I was amazed when he brought him on for Aaron Ramsey. I thought he was going he would bring on a kind of a more 
kind of defensively, I'm not 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 so much pace. But yeah, I mean the substitutions seem to work absolutely spot on. So I mean that, that was good for the manager proving, and that'll certainly buy him a lot of time as well. Just on the on the mentality thing, I think that the last kind of week week and a half, kind of I think they were hurting just as bad as us after that Celtic game, and I think that they knew that their mentality was getting questioned, and I think that they they stood up and they've shown over the last um, week and a half that they've definitely got a fight in them. You would just like to see that every single every single week. I know it's maybe not possible every single week, but. Is it we spoke earlier there? That should be the baseline. That should be that should be a given that they they come with that sort of heart and desire and fight. Um, how, how impressed Mark, were you? Sorry, with the fitness levels because my worry was going to extra time. I'm thinking I don't think we've got an extra thirty minutes in us, and I was thinking we really needed to get the winner in the ninety minutes. And actually, at the end, it kind of looked. I mean, I know it's been touched on before, but it looked like. We were the team who had who had had the week off rather than played you know, four hours in three days. Yeah, I was the same as you. I was I was fearing the worst. Seeing that as a as a clock t- ticked down, I was how are we going to do this? As I said, we done we done extra time midweek, and I thought, but do you know what? See if you look at the two squads, they were they were they were cramping up and getting done every ten minutes and stuff like that, and they were proper struggling. They they were they were blown at their arse and. The, the the fitness coaches at Ibrox have uh, have done amazing amazing because that that was proper superhuman. I know that the fans probably carried them a lot, but that to me was was something something special. As I said, the fact that they managed to do so so much. I mean, I'd love to see the the, the running figures over over the the two games. Uh, the no distance covered and stuff like that. I think it's just must be incredible. But as I said. Fitness levels just, as I said, head and shoulders above them. Head and shoulders. I mean, Billy, Billy, sorry, even just just look at the the, win, the winning goal. I mean, Calvin Bassey, who did 120 minutes against Braga, and he was 100 what 115 minutes into that game on Sunday, and he and he, he sprints after the ball, and he's got James, he's got uh, James Forrest chasing him, who's come on as a substitute, and he's no, he's not the slowest. And Forrest looked like he was throwing a caravan. You know, he'd only been on the park, what, 10, 15 minutes? You know, the fitness levels we've got, I don't know where they got the energy from. I mean, absolutely just, as Mark says, absolutely phenomenal. Brilliant. Alex, um, obviously, John Lundstrom got man of the match on Sunday. Um, Was he your man of the match? And how impressed are you um, just with him continuing to build into the team? Yeah, wow. Wow, Lundstrom's really turned it around. I mean, at the start of the season, even come January... I seen so many people, you know, wanting him out, and I think there was there was a turn, and there was a few rumours going about that he might be going back down south, and people were going, let's just try and see what we can get for him because they don't want him anymore. And th- th- to me, this guy hadn't had his full shot, but you know, he wasn't being, you know, anything special for Rangers, and and come then, you know, he gets a run of games, he starts to perform a bit more, and and his performances are coming in, and now he's one of our our first names on the team sheet. Uh, and his level, we talk about mentality, and uh, you know, of the players. When he's in there, he's the guy that you know. I, I can't question the mentality of that guy. He gets it. I remember, you know, when he scored his first goal for Rangers, we in that one-all draw against Hearts. I remember afterwards him them coming off and you going, you know, the whole Rangers TV watching the interview and they were going, oh, what do you think your first goal and all that? And he's like, I don't care. I don't care because we didn't win the game. Rangers didn't win the game. And when you get players like that they get it more, that know, you know, they're going to put the team in front of themselves. You build the team around those kind of players. And um, and he, he was brilliant yet again on Sunday. And yeah, definitely deserved the man of the match. But his, he, I don't know, he's just, he's gone from a guy who, who really was maybe on the cups of, cusp of a, a few first team appearances to the guy that, like I say, he's the first name in the team sheet. And when the team sheets are coming out, when they're being released by Rangers, he's the first name you're looking for every single time. We, uh, we had the chat, and I don't know, I, I think it was one of you, but I'm not 100% sure who it was. Uh, and we will touch on Connor Goldson later. Um, but if Goldson's contract situation doesn't get resolved, Wilf, would Lundstrom be the obvious choice to step in at the moment as vice-captain? Obviously, Chris Stewart's here saying he's the future captain. Um, but if next season Goldson's not here, is that the obvious choice? 
It was indeed one of us that flagged that up because it was me. Yeah, um, so there you go. It was me. Yeah, I I think for me that the ideal choice for vice captain if Connor goes and leaves, because Tav isn't going anywhere, so I don't I can't see Lundstrom becoming captain because I don't think Tav will leave in the time that Lundstrom's here. And you can't really take the, the captaincy off Tav in here, certainly not at the moment. I think the ideal choice for vice captain would be Ryan Jack, but the problem is he's is his fitness, his fitness issues. So you, you know, you don't want the vice captain on the bench or on the, the treatment table half the time. So Lundstrom, I think, would be a he would certainly he would certainly be a can a candidate for it. Um and I mean as Alex says, the guy I mean the guy gets it. He just he just absolutely gets it. And it's taken him a while to settle. I mean I'm first there, I actually put a post out on my social media on on Monday apologizing to him because I'd had easier hunting them in January. I was like just get get him out of here. He's he's getting paid a, a fair whack of cash. He's just not done it, but he's for I don't know what's changed, but he's certainly whether it's because he's had a run in the team that they're playing him in, a, in his favourable position. I mean, what amazes me, he was obviously Gerard's boy. Me you know the scouser and all that, and Gerard brought him in to maybe build the midfield around him. And he just didn't, it just didn't work for him with Gerard. The Geo's came in and he's just like a different player, like an absolutely different player. Um, and he was certainly, for me, he'd certainly be a candidate for vice captain. But it's it was all about, for me, it was all about desire. And he he showed the desire for the team on, on Sunday. And whether the rest of them went, well, if he can be like that, we can be like that. Because all it takes is one or two of them to drive you through. I mean, the the gift that's going about on social media of them telling Calvin Bassett to leave that thing lying on the ground where it is was was absolutely fabulous. Bassett you know, was terrified. Whether he was terrified. Whether to tell whether he was telling them get back in your position or just leave him lying there. But it takes a it takes a, a lot of gumption, you know. Because I mean, Calvin Bassett's a big old lad. You know, it's a lot of gumption to say anything to him. Yeah. Um, I like to think he was leaving him lying there. We were going to pick up on Goldson later, but just saw, saw this comment going up. Um, and Goldson, after the semi, he didn't look... Well, see, I was looking at it as he's done this a few times. I didn't think that was the look of a man who wants away and who wants to leave. Um, obviously, um, the comment saying he was standing... Do you think it is a you is he taking it in because he is moving on? Uh, Mark, do you think we should be doing everything we can? Should, should we be breaking the bank and the wage structure to keep him? It's a tricky one. I think he's been a fantastic servant for the club, I really do. Um, and if he does go, it goes with my blessing. I think he's done he's done great. He's come up here, he's he's probably built himself into a better centre half up here. Um Breaking the bank, I know that probably to replace him, you'd need to spend maybe six, seven, eight million to replace him. But I don't know. Do you break your do you break your wage structure for him? And I think that's what he's looking for. So I've got a funny feeling they're not going to. But um, as I said, he's a fantastic player. But do you know what? I think I think he's run his race. I mean, as I said, I think he's a smashing player and stuff like that. But um, I don't think they're going to give him the money he's looking for. And I think he's away. I don't think. I think if he was going to sign a contract, he would have done it. But yeah. Um, as I say, it goes, goes with my blessing. Goes with probably most of our blessings. Um, he's been a great servant, but I don't think they're going to break wage structures and stuff like that for him. I just don't. Yeah. With with regards to the wage structure, uh, I suppose that brings us on um, to Ramsey, and um, obviously went off before half time. Alex, that obviously well. It was a blow because I thought he was looking well. I thought he was he was starting to build a wee bit of momentum in the team. Do you think Aaron Ramsey's been a success overall? Um, do you, do you think it's not quite worked out? And would you would you be looking to keep him next season, depending on how this injury is? Yeah. Um. So he's. I think he's had. You know, it, it was going to always take him time to get the fitness. He wasn't rushed in or anything. Um. And, and he's already been out a couple of times. I think we, we knew that there was the potential of that happening, and but you still want somebody who, no matter how much we're paying, he is still on that amount of money, wherever he is at Juventus or, or here, you want him to be available and fit. And um, if he's going to take a pay cut and, and come to Rangers, okay, thanks, but you still need to be fit and available or else you're useless. You're no use to us. If you're, if you're only going to show up for a quarter of the games in the season, that's not you know that's not helpful at all we already 
have a few injury problems. You know, we've got Hollander, Ryan Jack, Kimar Roof, these Leon Balligan. These guys aren't. You know, we have an injury problem. We don't need to sign more players, especially especially Aaron Ramsey and and somebody who's had a lot of injuries in his career. And you know, that's going to build up and make him even more injury prone. So um, I wouldn't personally. I don't think he's going to stay either way. I don't, I don't think. Um, I think he might fall in love with the club or whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, he's still used to this amount of wage coming in, and he's probably going to think that he can go elsewhere and get a better wage, and maybe a move back to to Wales. And I don't think it'll. I don't think he'll stay any longer. Um, it's just not worked perfectly. And another another argument where the fan base is is kind of split on, and um, you know, people feel very passionately about about the argument. So I I don't think he'll stay. I don't think he's been the biggest success story. Um. But he's not been as much of a flop as, as some people say. When he's been playing for us, he's been good. Especially when he's, you know, the more recent games, he's been getting his fitness up. And in the first half against against them, he was good. I I actually thought he was really good. But again, his his fitness is just a massive concern. Yeah. Um, well, we we did speak <clears throat> sorry before the before the game on Sunday about the squad. Uh, and obviously, Gio continued to do uh, or to use his cupkeeper. Um, I previously was totally against it. Um, I think it was uh, Kerr who was totally for it. John McLaughlin came in and had a well had a pretty decent game, pretty sound game. Um, how did you think he did? And did he do enough to keep the number one jersey? I think John McLaughlin did fine. I mean, to be fair, he didn't really have a lot to do because I mean, they, they weren't they were great shakes. I mean, even the goal they got was a, a wicked deflection that, you know, any keeper would have struggled to stop. But no, I think McLaughlin, I think the inclusion of McLaughlin probably through their game plan because they would have been expecting McGregor because everybody else was expecting uh, McGregor, you know. And every every team knows if, if you're getting a set piece with Arnold McGregor and go throw it on the six-yard line because he ain't coming for it. I mean, he's never been great at coming for them. He doesn't come for them at all. I mean, we've done that till it's, we've done that to death. But with McLaughlin, he came for everything. He got, every, he got everything he came for. I think it was a, a stroke of genius putting them in. And I fully expect to see uh, Alan McGregor back in goal on Saturday. But I would, I'd have no qualms with him, with him sticking with McLaughlin, and I would certainly put him, I would certainly put him back in for the game at Parkhead, because that would be their game plan: is throw ball, throw balls into the box and try and get somebody at the end of it. And McGregor just doesn't come for him. And it's, I don't like to criticise him because, I mean, the, the man's been immense in the time he's, in the two spells he's been at Rangers. But he's, let's say, he didn't used to come for a lot. He comes for absolutely nothing now. And McLaughlin, McLaughlin will never be the shot stopper McGregor is, but teams don't really have shots against us. Not that they're on target because they're not good enough to put them on target, really. So I'd have no problem with McLaughlin. He certainly, he certainly did nothing wrong. It'd be, be a bit disappointing if, if he was straight back out of the team again. Yeah, I just have to say, just just on that one, I have to apologise because last time I was on here, I I went right in on McLaughlin and said that I didn't think he was a good enough keeper. So I have to apologise because I I thought he was brilliant on on Sunday. I I really think that there's chances that goes into the box that Celtic play a a deep ball to the back post or whatever. He comes and collects it, and he really commanded his six yard area. And like like Wolf says there, if McGregor's in goals, a couple of those might might drop in and he stays in his line to try and you know he's a brilliant shot stopper but if they drop in and somebody gets a little touch you know there's not many keepers that have the reactions to go out and reach that and, and save that and yes he's a brilliant shot stopper um but it's just McLaughlin comes out and his presence there is is gonna is you know with like Fog Dog says for the two corners at the end where he punches them away you just don't have that with McGregor unfortunately yeah, see, that, that was, that's, that was sorry, sorry, that's 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 the difference because when when you've got McGregor in goal, you're def- you're defending your goal line from your six yard line. No, when McLaughlin's in goal, you're defending from the eighteen yard line because defenders know if anything drops round about the penalty area between the penalty area between the, the penalty spot and the goal line, the keeper's coming for it. McLaughlin's going to come for it. McGregor isn't. So the so the defence aren't sitting as deep. You know, so, so there is a bit more, there is a bit more space for the keeper to come and get it and for defenders to clear it. You know, and, and they certainly seem to have every confidence in them. Yeah, what I was going to say, just on his selection, I think uh, tactically it worked as well against Celtic because they press high yep. and they press quite fast as well. And it's like having an extra man in there because he's that good on the ball. I mean, you've seen it over and over again. It, it is the panic and, and his passing's crisp and clean and 
as I said, it was almost like having a having a sweeper in there. So I thought tactically, it was a great choice against them as they knew they were going to press the way they they usually press. That's yeah. the only way they know how to play football. So tactically, I think that and this is kind of modern goalkeeper now. You need to be good with the ball at your feet. You need to be able to pass and stuff. I think you put one ball at the, at the park. The, the there, there, were a, there were still a few nervy, a few yeah. nervy moments. But I mean, I'm thinking, did he, did he not watch the Man City game? It could be, a, it, it could be, a, it could be a 25 yard pass back, and you're still when, when Griggs in, you're still like, hit oh, your hands. So, yeah. just I think it brings a different level of confidence where where you're back four when when the ball gets played back to him. So yeah. I, I think that that for me tactically that was a bit of, bit of genius because. Because a lot of the times it broke their press. Yeah. I think it's not it's not just on the ball. I think McLaughlin's biggest thing is his dis or one of his bigger things is his distribution is so much better than McGregor's. That's one of McGregor's weak points. And that that you know, when McLaughlin's on the ball, like you say, he's, he had a few nervy moments, he even took a touch that went out for a corner, but his distribution when he got it out, his passes are just so much more accurate and you know, he, he fished a couple into the midfield that were brilliant passes that I just don't see McGregor getting without a bit of fluke anyway. Yeah, the reason I brought this comment up was just because exactly that is um, the 90 minutes. I was thinking we really need to need to win in the 90 minutes. First couple of minutes, or kind of 89, 90 minutes, all we've got the pressure on, and then it's two corners right at the death. And to me, I'm just thinking... You just know what's coming here. There's gonna, there's a sucker punch that's coming, and it was so refreshing. Came for it, just dealt with the balls, um, very easily. And yeah, luckily, luckily we didn't go down, go down the route that we have previously. Um, yeah, Mark, the, oh sorry, sorry well, there was a comment that just went through there as well. Somebody made, and I never even thought about it. That in the mod, in the modern game, as soon as as soon as there's a touch on the keeper, it's a free kick because they get they get far too much protection. So. You know, McLaughlin coming for coming for balls, even if he doesn't get a clean hit on it. You know, that's the one yeah. there from Chris Chris uh, Chris Stewart. You know, it's going to be a free kick. Keep if keeper comes for it, and he goes and and falls to the ground. It's going to be a free kick. Doesn't happen with McGregor because he doesn't come for anything. You know, so that's another another way of getting out. And again, with it with the distribution that McLaughlin's got as well. If he does if he does get the ball, he can get it out quite quick. Yeah, Mark, would you see McLaughlin being the number one next year? Or do you think we should be looking at bringing someone else in? I think they'll bring somebody else into challenge. I think uh, uh, McGregor's not going to take another season. No. So I think they'll bring somebody into challenge, but I think that he will start as number one. It depends. I mean, if they go out and spend all sorts of money on a new goalkeeper, which I don't think they're going to do, but um, if they get somebody that's good and in a free or not not very, very much money, then... I think they will come in as a number two. I think McLaughlin must have asked for assurances before he before he signed a new contract. So I think that he will start as number one. Whether he whether he ends as number one might be two different things. But I think there's there's a couple of good, really good goalkeepers out there that are that are going to be free at the end of the season. So as I said, it's anybody's anybody's guess. But I would think that he will start as number one. We've we've got more important areas in the in the team to spend money on than goalkeeper. You know, we've got, we've got a good goalkeeper there on the books already in John McLaughlin, and we've got a fairly decent able deputy behind him as well. And and young McCrory, well, he's not so young now, in McCrory. And as Mark says, I think we probably will bring in a keeper, but I don't see the point of spending a lot of money, even if it's a keeper that's on a free, that's on a lot of wages. I don't see the point in doing that because we've got other areas in the team we need to strengthen, and we don't have a bottomless pot of money. So I think the go I think the goalkeeping situation. I think it is going to be John McLaughlin's next season because I don't like to say it because I mean I love Alan McGregor as a keeper. He's done great for us, as I said earlier. But even if he decides he wants to carry on playing, he has to be told it can't be for us next season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think everyone's in agreement. It's possibly one season too far for McGregor. Last season, unbelievable. This season, he still had some unbelievable moments, um, but there's also been um, a couple of well, a couple of points shipped. That you could probably put down to him, um, Alex. How well? How worried are, we, are you about the kind of contract situation? A couple of players come to the end of their contracts, and um, we're probably looking at a bit of a rebuild this uh, this summer as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously, it's something Rangers do a lot, no matter how much we're going to spend. And you know, it cost us last season. Was we we buy into the the free transfer market. 
Um, so the, there's still the, the whole talk of Danilo Doki's gone a bit, you know, it's gone a bit quiet, but that seems to be the centre-back that we're after. And if, if that's to replace Balogun, because I believe his contract is out at the end of the season, then OK, fine, so be it. But I, Goldson, if he goes on a, you know, on a free, it, it is going to cost us a lot of money to replace him. Goldson is a... He's he's underrated, um, very underappreciated by the Rangers fans, and, and people take him for granted. We won't know how good he was and, until he's gone, um, and how much of an impact he had. Because even if people you know think that he's he's inconsistent and he doesn't have the best performances here there, and he doesn't he's not good at this, he's not good at that, whatever they think. Something we struggle with, like like I said earlier, something we struggle with is having players fit, having a squad fit. Goldson plays, you know, pretty much every single game, and you can rely on him to play ninety minutes. I mean, one hundred and twenty minutes the other day, and or and the other day before that. So he's there, and he's always an option. Um, Goldson is so it's just it would be a massive, massive loss. Well, um, obviously, Riff's come in the past couple of games, uh, and we're without Alfie until pre-season. Um, do you think he's done enough to, I mean, Morelos is always going to be the number one um, leading the line, but do you think Roof's an able deputy or would you be looking to strengthen up front as well? I think we're going to have to strengthen up front because I honestly think Morelos will be away. I think we've probably seen the, seen the last time because if we're going to cash in on him, it's going to have to be soon. Uh, and I think we'll we'll, uh, we'll cash in on him. Um, in the summer, if there's offers, we won't get anything like the, the 16 million that we turned down a couple of summers ago for him. We won't get anything like that, I don't think. Um, but I think he'll go roof. The problem with roof is you can't rely on it to be fit because if, because I mean, it's a, it's a well, a well trotted out um theory that if roof, if roof didn't have injury problems, he wouldn't be playing in Scotland as big as Rangers are, he wouldn't be playing in the Diddy B League that we've got. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Conor Goldson thing as well is interesting. Like Alex says, I mean, Goldson's always playing. He's always always... So if he if he leaves, we're going to have to sign two players to replace him. And if you want to sign a player that's arguably as good as him, um, as Mark said earlier, it's going to cost several million pounds. And if you do that, you're, you know, you're paying a wage commensurate with that. So are you as well going to be trying to meet Goldson in the middle and say, look, if you're wanting... I don't know what he's wanting. I heard the rumour he's wanting eight grand more than he's on. Did they say, well, tell you what, we'll give you three grand more than you're on and see if you can meet him in the middle somewhere? You know, yeah. I don't really want his busting the wage structure for some for somebody, but you've got to look at how much is it going to cost to replace the guy. And if you're spend if you're taking if you're taking a gamble, spending more money taking a gamble, because every transfer is a gamble, are you maybe better sticking with what you've got? Yeah. Um, Mark, in terms of us selling, obviously with moving Patterson on. Um, it's our first big transfer in a while. We're probably all a bit worried that we might have a couple coming up. Um, who is it crucial that we keep, do you think? It's, it's, a, it's a hard one because every single one of them that are kind of <clears throat> coming into the last year have all got different attributes and bring something different to the team. And to be fair, that's probably what I like about this squad because everybody does something different. And whatever they do different, they do well. Like Aribo's very creative and great on the ball and Kamara Kamara is, is brilliant at just keeping it simple. Great great on the ball, great keeping it moving. But I've got a funny feeling there'll be a few a few of them, a right few of them going. Um I just see a, a quite a big rebuild. I think you're talking about I think maybe Kamara might go. I think we'll be lucky to keep a hold of Rebo. I think what the boys are saying, Morelos is away. I think no Kent as well. I see all these players are all coming out of the last year. Only one really, Kamara. Kamara signed a new contract, but they're all coming out of the last, last year, and I think it's going to be a case of sitting down to someone and going, he's going to sign a new contract. And if every single one of them say no, then they're, they're all going. Simple as yeah. that, they're all for sale. Whatever. Maybe lesser money than we all think or expect or hope. But I think that if they're all going to turn around and go like that, no, I'm not signing a new contract, then I think there's going to be quite a big clear-out. Um, who would I like to stay? I think I think Kent, for me, is special. Um, 
Aribo, I think, if he's played correctly, I think special as well. Um, Kamara, I, I think he's a smashing player as well, but I would probably punt him. Yeah. Um, but I think you're you're talking about lots of you're needing a right winger. I would say a right winger, a left winger, maybe two strikers, um, maybe two centre halves. I still think you probably need right back cover. Is Barisic going to go? So, I mean, I think there's a quite a big rebuild coming. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to see like run up to maybe the, the cup final. Such and such has signed a new contract. Such and such has signed a new contract. Give us all a boost for that running and for the game. But as I said, that conversation is going to need to be had. They're going to need to sit down and say, right, are you want to sign a new contract? This is what we'll offer you. And and if they're not, if they all say no, yeah, then they all need to go. Simple as that. They all need to just go for a false sale, big false sale sign, and say, right, these are all these are all in shot and just go out of jail. See every penny that we get, we're giving it to go and, go and bring in. And, and I think that that's what we need to do this. Like Wolf says there about bringing people in that are that are a risk and stuff like that. I think that you're, you're going to need to spend in quality rather than quantity. And I know that we're going to be in Europe and stuff like that and you need a bigger squad, but I just I just see it as, a, as, as quite a big rebuild. And I think that, that there's a lot of them going to go and I think a lot of them will be, they'll be quite kind of... I know I'll be upset to see a few of them go, but... It's just a natural order of things. These things happen, um, and, and we do need to get to, we do need to get to the point where we are making yeah. money off players. Yeah. Well, for far too long, we've been kind of napping in the transfer window, and actually, we need to be we need to be bringing money in as well. Correct, that's where we're at. Do you trust you with the rebuild, especially given the past week? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, I think. The board has to trust Gio with it too. Obviously, there's a name that we've not mentioned on here yet, Ross Wilson, and um, and do we trust him with the rebuild? For me, I think his his past couple transfer windows say no, uh, and point for you know we need a, a new director of football, or or it's it's got to be very tightly worked with with the manager and with his system, and I think. Um, listen, I don't know whether it's up to the board or uh, and a lack of funds or whether Ross Wilson thinks that cheap signings are better. But the, the signings that we've had have been lacklustre and he has been involved in that, so he has to take part blame. Um, so I would like to see Gio... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of Gio. I think he has to be part of the rebuild and, and you have to give him part of the rebuild. But, you know, it could be same old story if Ross Wilson's still there, which... It, Highly likely will be, unfortunately, uh, in my opinion, anyway. But yeah, like, like Mark says, it's going to be a sad day to if any of them move on. Um, and it's coming to that stage where a lot of them probably will. If I had to keep hold of one personally, um, it would be Kent. I think Aribo is probably the most valuable asset. But if I had to keep hold of one, I think it would be Kent. Um, Wolf, you're probably the best person to come to in this. Um, as much as we can bring people in uh, and shift people on. Do you see many of the B team players stepping up and do you see many of them kind of coming across um, or making the step up? They obviously had a great result this week as well. Um, but yeah, are, are any of them kind of on the cusp of being first team players? Not, not to be not to be regular first team starters, no. You couldn't, you couldn't do that to them, I don't think. Because it's it's one thing playing in the in the lowland league against the you know okay they're, they're playing men's football but it's the lowland league and it's a low, these players are lowland league players for a reason you know it's not I mean it's not like the old days like Marco remember the old days of the juniors when it was all you know ex ex pros that that stepped down that stepped down a level they could, they could still do about because you never lose it in the head the lowland league's not full of guys like that you know lowland league's full of guys that are, that are you know they're, they're too good for the juniors but not good enough for the for the seniors. You know, and they're, I mean, they're, some of them are decent enough. Some of the teams are decent enough, but it's not really, it's not really a test. I mean, I've got, I've got pals that say all the time, look at, look what Ajax do in Barcelona, do in Real Madrid, do they bring through young players all the time? But they seem, but what everybody seems to forget is that these teams in Europe, their their B teams are the reserve teams playing the second or third tier in their country. I was just playing in the fifth tier, you know, and against basically just against guys that play football for a hobby. Um, I mean, some of our B team guys, you've got, you know, you've got Lowry, McCann, you know, King guys like that. 
they are in the first team squad and they'll get they'll get minutes. But you couldn't. I mean, you can't rely on them um, every week. You, you just couldn't because the, the young young guys are are up and down anyway. You know, the form is always it's never that consistent. But I would certainly take them out of the B team, put them in the first team, have them on the bench, give them that experience. If, if a game's comfortable, bring them on, give them half an hour because we've got lots and lots of substitutes to use. I would certainly try and get them up to speed because if you're good enough, you're old enough. You know, but I don't think any of them are old enough to start at the moment. Uh, uh, good enough, sorry, to start at the moment. But if I could just go back and touch what Alex said about uh, about Ross Wilson. my I'm a bit conflicted about him because I'm not sure if he's identifying players on the board that are saying, no, we don't have the money for that. Or if he's not identifying players. And if he's not identifying players, he's not doing his job. But the thing that sticks in my throat about him, we've got all these players that are coming into the last year of their contract. I would have thought it's the director of football's job to make sure that we get the best bang for our bucks so and make sure that these guys have got contracts. Even if he's saying to them, look, like with Glenn Kamara, Glenn Kamara signed an extension of his contract. All that does is it, it gives him security that he's got a job with us for the next three years. It also gives us security if we get an offer for him, we get a decent offer for him and he goes for proper money. That should be the same for everybody that's got a year left in their contract coming up. You know, Ross Wilson should be making sure these guys sign it. If they don't sign it, just selling them. So I'm not sure if they're bringing players in, it's down to Ross Wilson not identifying them on the board, not stumping up the cash for them. But the whole contract thing is firmly on his door. And I'm just not sure that he's, he's the man for the job, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just see the comment here about we need two centre-halves. Um, obviously, we've got Suter on a pre-contract. Um, Mark, I'll come to you in a wee minute just about Suter, uh, but obviously his last two games for Hearts uh, are going to be Tynecastle, well if he plays, if he's fit to play, Tynecastle uh, in the league and then obviously the Scottish Cup semi-final um, so we could be giving him a hero's welcome or or not so much That's um, one of those ones in it, it's, it's maybe written in the stars and I hope it's not but um... <laughs> Are we own goal to win as the to win as the Scottish Cup. I'm also we'll, we'll, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take it. But I, I think he's a good player. I think that us as Rangers fans look down a wee bit on Scottish players. I think that I think that because because he's got a he's got a, a fancy fancy Rodriguez or a do you know what I mean a fancy second name that we think he's going to come on and and be an amazing player. Sutter's time tested. He's come to international. All right, he's had a lot of problems with injuries and stuff like that. But the boy's a good player. The boy's a good centre half. And you know, I mean, if you play again, play with better players, train with better players day in day out, then you will become a better player. So I mean, it's it's you look at it like say even like Aribo when Aribo came, he's get better and better as as the season went on. Big Bassey. The same, get better and better, playing with better players, training with better players week in, week out. So I think we, we kind of need to, need to get a big man. Out. I mean, he's not even here yet, and some people are slating him. He's not good enough, and he's this and he's that. If he's not good enough, he'll no play. It's as simple as that. I mean, he's not cost us anything. And he's probably wages or buttons as well, compared to the rest of them. So, as I said, it's a no-brainer for me to bring him in. It's a no-brainer to, to go and get Let's face it, he's one of the top Scottish centre-halves in the league. So, many times in the past, Wolf will tell you, many times in the past have we went and got one of the one of the better centre-halves in the, in the league and he's been he's been immense for Rangers over the years. So, I think we need to give the big boy a break. The big boy's no here yet. I, I think we need to give him a wee bit of a break. When he appears, let's see how he goes in a Rangers top. As I said, we talk about Lundstrom as well. Lundstrom, um, everybody was getting shot at him after 10, 15 minutes as well. And all of a sudden, look at him. He's 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 a. I remember Kent Kent's first season. He had he had one good game in five, and he looked apart. But he still was the great, and and he's flourished and come on to a game and stuff like that. So I, I, I jump on the bandwagon. Ah, oh, he's not good enough, and he's this and he's that. Big boy can pass the ball as well. Um, he's good bringing the ball out for the back. He commands the area. He's a big lad. He's good in the air. I mean, he's even shown that he can hit a shot. So let's not be done. And because he's Scottish, let's not be done. Let's get behind him. He's currently Rangers. He's going to be one of us. So, as I said, for me, it might, it might be an answer. It might not be, but that's the case. It is, it is the play. And he costs us what maybe you're lucky if he's 10 or 12 grand a week. So, in a grand scale of things, there's nothing ventured and nothing gained in it. 
No, I think I totally agree with you. Um, just before I go into uh, the next point, I think Leipzig are losing currently 1-0, or at least it was when I looked. So um, here's hoping that that continues. And uh, well, I'm injured. Pardon? <laughs> exactly. No, you know, <laughs> not that we want to wish injuries on them, but... The interesting you know. thing about Leipzig, they're playing Union Berlin tonight in the Cup. They're also playing them again in the league on Saturday. And Union Berlin are fighting for a, a European place. So, okay. you know, it's going to be a difficult game for them tonight because it's a cup semi-final. It's going to be a difficult game for them on Saturday because they're playing with a team against a team that's got something to play for. You know, so that all goes well for us. Do we know, did their game get moved? And I, I know that we were obviously, um, I think it's in between um, the our, our two legs with them. And I think they were due to be playing later. They, we were playing the Old Firm on Sunday. I think were they played due to play on the Monday. Is there any chat about their game being moved or anything at all like that? Are they getting any help? I've not heard anything yet. No idea. Sure. But you, you've got to think if the German FA or anything like the SFA, they'll wait until a, a couple of days before. And decide then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it's just move, moving away from um, kind of specifically Rangers. Obviously, big news in Scottish football this week was VAR getting approved. Were you quite surprised by how many clubs went for it? Uh, and, yeah. and what are your thoughts? Are you quite, you know, are you for it? Yeah. Um, I'm one of those one of those people that I wanted VAR a while ago, and um, you know it's it's not really working in England. Um, I don't know why, it, but it just doesn't seem to work in England. But when you watch it in in European games, um, and especially for us, we've seen the the advantages of it. Um, against Dortmund, we obviously lost the goal, the Kent goal, which was bizarre, and it doesn't mean to say that they won't still get decisions wrong, but there are going to be a lot more correct decisions um and so that's why i'm I'm for VAR, especially with the poor refereeing standard um it, it's strange that we can have var before we can have full-time referees and you know i seen a comment the other day that we're going to have var before we even have goaling technology in every stadium so i mean that's just I, I don't understand but yeah i'm a big advocate for it and i was really surprised to see um i mean obviously i think apparently it was what 41 against one um, which is yeah. just surreal. I mean, there's not many I things. Club was. No, it was, I can't. I, I'm not sure um, myself, but you know, it's it's that whole. There's not many things that the whole of Scottish football will agree on. There's not many things you could get 41 teams to vote the same thing for in Scottish football. Yeah, Wolf. Um, do you find it a bit bizarre that it's coming in after the World Cup? It's very Scottish football that's coming in after the World Cup. Very Scottish football indeed. It's, I mean, it's very Scottish football that we asked 42 teams to vote on something that at least 24 of them, probably probably more than that, will never ever have to have to use because the, the teams in the first and second division will probably never get to the Premiership and half the teams in the Championship won't either. So why are they, why are they asking them to vote on something that's not, probably going to have nothing to do with them? You know, I'm I'm very surprised it got a 41-1 vote. I, I I actually thought that the the SPFL had come to the conclusion that they didn't want it and thought if we do if we do it this way, the lower league teams will lock it back and we won't need to do it. You know, that's that's my thing, and I'm delighted delighted it's coming in as long as they do it properly. You know, as Alex says, it's far too complicated in the, in the English Premier in the English Premier League. You know, they. They seem to seem to go to, go to VAR for everything, and they've got to they've got to take a, a leaf out of rugby league's book. The referee's got to make a decision for me, you know, rather rather than the referee just abdicate responsibility. He's got to make a decision, and then VAR's got to tell him whether he's right or wrong, you know. But I mean, the only the only the only thing that's going to really clear up is is offsides that our our assistant referees get wrong because they're not because they're really. I mean, the referees are bad. The assistant referees are a lot worse than them. You know, so so the matters the matters of fact they'll, they'll get them right, but the other stuff I'm a bit bit dubious about because it's the same, it's the same referees that are looking at it. You know, so if it's a matter of fact that is he offside or is he not offside, they draw lines and they can't really get that wrong. Although without referees, you never know. Um, but the the actual was that a red card challenge or was it not? I can't really see a lot of that changing to be perfectly honest, because the referees will probably back each other up. Just to play devil's advocate, if we had VAR. On Sunday, not talking about the hand, um, but um, would Vasi have been offside? 
wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have been an extra time because their captain would have been sent off after eight minutes. Because <laughs> he, should, he should have been booked for. He should have been booked when he gave away a penalty in the first minute because that was a penalty that challenged on Kent. And then he put in a tackle after about eight minutes that was a yellow card all day long and it was as if the referee went, it's too early, I can't book him. Yeah. And then he subsequently got booked just before half-time. So, I mean, there's three yellow cards for Callum McGregor straight away. And without him, and, they and extra time. Sorry, just to back up Wolf there, on the whole, it wouldn't have gone to extra time. Their goal, the free kick wasn't a free kick either. So Yeah. And, and Kyogo was about four yards offside right in front of the goalkeeper. So with with yeah. VAR, with VAR, we win that easy. We'd have been, we'd have been, we'd have been cigars and sloppers by half time. <laughs> we should have been anyway. Um, Mark, I look ahead to the weekend. Um, obviously, Motherwell um, did the decent thing. They agreed to it. They did say in their um, statement to their supporters, I don't know if you read it, that um, their their fans have overwhelmingly um, said previously um, that Saturday football is the, is what they want to do, and they've only got two home games. Um, one was going to be Sunday, one's a Wednesday night. Um, so obviously it works for them as well in terms of getting as many fans uh, on, on a Saturday. Um, but they did do the decent thing and agree to bring the game forward. Yeah, no, um, it's, it seems a bit strange, isn't it, that... Um, the sensible thing, and and somebody does us a favour. I mean, it's it's very 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 bizarre. It's not happened over the last god knows how many years. So strange. Didn't expect it. Did uh, but look, we'll take it. Anything that helps. But for me, I would I would rest a lot of players anyway. I really would. I, I think that I think that I know we're saying mathematically impossible and stuff like that for the league. But for me, this is a this is bigger. This is massive. I said in two thousand eight. I don't think I'd ever see another one in my lifetime. So to go to another final in such a short space of time, for me, there'll always be leagues, um, but just special, just absolutely special. So for me, I would, I would, um, I would rest players, and I would, I would, I would just play. I would play a second string, and I, to be fair, a second string should should give Motherwell a good game anyway. So, um, but. Yeah, no, it was nice, nice to see a team helping us out for a wee change and the common sense prevailing for once. It's just... Yeah, part part of me was thinking as well, Motherwell must be looking at it, um, as uh, they must be looking at Hearts now and thinking, Hearts now have guaranteed European football till Christmas. They're, now in, they're straight into the group stages of the Europa League. If Hearts can do it, Who's to say that next season, and obviously that's through the, the Scottish Cup, but um, who's to say that it can't be Motherwell another year? And actually, us being successful in Europe, don't get me wrong, if, if the shoe was in the other foot, I'd be saying don't help them at all. <laughs> but us being successful in Europe has got to have some benefit to everyone else. And certainly for Hearts, they're reaping the rewards as well. Um, Alex, what would you do on Saturday? Would you keep kind of... So I think I think there was four players that have done all four hours, um, which is Tav, Bassey, Goldson, and Kent. Would you obviously Tav and Goldson never really drop out the team? Would you be looking to rest a few of them? Yeah, I think um, Bassey's one that can come out because we've got other options at centre half, and and Barisic is finding his feet yet um, again. If he is fine and recovered. I, I don't know what the outcome of that one was, but if he's fine and recovered, Bassi's one that can come out. You know, obviously you want to see him starting, but with a massive game on Thursday, you want him to be available and fit for that one. Kent again, it's just about a lack of replacements up there. You need to rest players with Thursday in mind, but um, obviously you still need to go and win the game and and have a strong enough side to win the game and and that's the the only issue at the moment with resting players is we don't have such a good fringe team there's not a lot of fringe players that can come in and and replicate those of the starting 11. Well Davis obviously came on uh, and played really well our field as well Hamden would you would you be looking to bring the two of them in maybe freshen it up a bit? I would certainly freshen it up a bit uh, but I wouldn't make the wholesale changes that Mark's talking about because the league, the league isn't gone, right? But if we can put on a decent performance on Saturday, score a few goals, you never know. 
this Celtic team have been under any sort of pressure. And after we beat them on Sunday, they, they might just look at it and go, hold on, they're just on our coattails. And then we've got them the following week. So, I mean, I'm always the optimist. You never, ever know. I mean, I think we should put a strong team out, hopefully put the game to bed early, which I know it's not something we're very good at. And then, I know, then freshen up. I mean, I would certainly, as Alex said, I would certainly, I would certainly look at taking Calvin Bassey out because he's played a lot of football. If if Barisic is fit, and you can always, I mean, centre centre half's an issue because we don't. Well, Hellander's out for the season. We don't know how fit Balligan is, but I'd have no problem putting Leon King in because Motherwell won't offer a lot up front. So the defence, I don't think, would be too bad if you stick stick Leon King in just to see how he gets on. But I would, I wouldn't play Roof because if we if we lose Kamar Roof, we're really we're really got problems. But there's also a question mark over Kamar Roof of whether he can actually travel to Germany. Because if you remember, he didn't go to Dortmund. And the, there was a, a whisper at the time was he didn't go to Dortmund because he because he wasn't vaccinated. And I don't know if that's a fact. And if it is, I don't know if it's got any bearing to go to Germany next week. I've got no so if that is if that is a bearing, I would play Kimar Roof. If it's if it's if he's going to Germany, I wouldn't have been anywhere near the team on Saturday. Yeah. Um I did see uh, my dog walk the other day, Mr. Motherwell, Cedric Itton, uh in Glasgow. So um, he's obviously not been anywhere near anywhere near the team. Mark, do you think have we seen the last of him? Um, do we think he do we roll the dice and give him another game against Motherwell? He'd be as well playing Wolf up front, I think. You're not you're not going to see him. Uh, you probably do a better job as well, Wolf. You've obviously never seen me play football. <laughs> he's a plank of wood, so you can't be much worse. No, I think Kitten's I've said it before on here. See what you've seen for Rangers. I, I I love. I'll give you every every encouragement. I, I I want you to do well. I want you, to, and I probably more than most give give players that come in and everybody's like, ah, he's rotten. I probably get a more of a chance, but the big man's. I don't know what it is. It's just it's a it's a strange one. I, I just don't think he's. It's just not the club for him. I think I think he needs to go away, and I think he needs to. Um, Rebuild, rebuild his confidence and, and rebuild his career, but I don't think it's going to be Rangers. I think that's the last you're going to see him. Yeah, the whole side of the thing's bizarre for me because when they put him out on loan, they put him out on loan to the worst team in Germany, the worst team in the German top league. What's the point? Well, when they put him out to a team, uh, Gunther Firth, who'd only just come up, they came up through the playoffs from from Bundesliga 2 last season. And they were always going to get scalped all over the Bundesliga because they knew they were going straight back down. It was one of them, we'll just go and we'll, we'll enjoy the season in the top flight. And yeah. He was never going to score. Okay, he scored against Bayern Munich, but he was never going to score a lot of goals because they don't make a lot of chances. They're backs to the wall stuff all the time. Then it'd be better sticking him uh, somebody at the top of the second division in Germany if they were putting him out to Germany. You know, a Hamburg or a, even a even a Sam Pauli or you know somebody up near up near the, the top of the second division. At least then he'd be getting chances to possibly score goals and give himself that confidence that he needs. But I can't see him being anywhere near it on Saturday, unfortunately. I think the problem with a problem with a big fella is I don't think I don't think MD knows what kind of striker he is. I don't he's no he's not a big powerful lob the ball up to him, hold the ball up and, and it is the play like that and he's no he's not a off the shoulder striker and I don't think a big fella knows what, what kind of striker he is either. I, I just it's a it's a bizarre one. It's strange, very, very strange, but like Wolf said, he's not gonna be anywhere near us. I mean it's it's the writing's on the wall for a big fella, I'm afraid. Yeah, um, it's almost time to wrap up the podcast. I've almost gone through all my, all my notes that I had beforehand. Uh, I'll come to you for the usual kind of prediction um, for the game on Saturday. Uh, but before we do, one last question to all of you. Uh, this time last week, we got our emails out regarding Player of the Year. Uh, Player of the Year, I think, is Sunday. I always find it really bizarre that um, the Player of the Year is before the end of the season's over. Um, I don't have the list of players uh, that, that made the cut, uh, but given the past week, has that changed anyone's mind? Uh, and just to each of you, uh, who who is your player of the year this year? Well, I'll jump in and start. It, it hasn't it hasn't changed my mind on who I voted for because although a lot of players have had a, a good week, you've got to look at it over the course of the season. For me, it was for me it was the captain um, James Tavernier. He said a he said a great he said a great season. Okay, he said a, a few bumps in the road, but haven't they all? Um, I was torn between him and 
Calvin Bassey, and I gave it to him because I'm rather thinking that Bassey will get the young player of the year. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my vote. I think Wolf's read my mind. I think that um, I 100% agree with you. Um, toss up between Big Bassey and, and Tav. I think there's been a few first half of the season. I thought Aribo was outstanding. I thought Aribo at some points was unplayable. I think he went to, he went to Africa and they swapped him out with. We are a stunt double or something, and when he come back, never ever, never had the heights that he, maybe it was just a it was just a game too many. I don't really know. I don't know what the story was, but it's bizarre for me. I know he's played. If you look at his games played this season, it's massive, massive amount of games, and he's, I don't think he's ever played that amount of games in his career. So, but I thought he was outstanding. I thought a couple of them have been disappointing for me, but um, Tav. Tav consistency. Um, I think he's improved defensively. But his numbers, his numbers are stupid. I mean, absolutely stupid. And and I know we all like this, this new thing, we're talking about numbers and stuff like that, but we'd seen something about he's been involved in 65 goals over the last two seasons or three seasons. For a right back. He's he's the second second top goal scorer in Europa League. Um, yeah, I think he's, is he not? Is he top? He's, he's got a bit. He's got a bit. There's three of them level on six goals, but the other two have already been knocked out. So just, just madness. And I can't believe that some of our fans are that whole fuck's sake to have carry on. I just, my mind been blown by it. It's, it's the, the guys are right back. It's just phenomenal. So. For me, I think the exact same. I think the Big Bass is going to use a shoe in for Young Player of the Year. Um, and I think Tav's head and shoulders consistently over the seasons by far the best player. Can I change my mind if Martin's saying it's tough for him? I can't, I can't agree with him, so I'll need to change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, my vote went for Calvin Bassey. I just think the, the guy is, you know, like like they're saying, he's up for the, the Young Player's Award, and it was the Young player of the year award sorry and it was between Bassey and um Tavernier for me as well like I say like Mark said Arrivo was was quality up until post AFCON um you know maybe it was just one one game too many and then you go the other way and say Lundstrom at the start of the season never really got going and since January has really kicked on and had a good season half a season he's been he's been brilliant and you know you want him to kick on but it doesn't warrant player of the year so I have to go for I have to go for Calvin Bassey. I just think he's I just think the improvement, I mean, the consistency of Bassey, especially when he came in and for me what Bassey was was he was put in because Barisic had to be taken out because he was so poor. And then the reason that Barisic wasn't put back in in a couple of games was because Bassey started to perform and consistently he was good. And then when Gio came in, Barisic came back into the squad. And he moved Bassey into centre-back and he was consistent again. I mean, throughout the December period especially, okay, he had a, a couple of rocky games then in, in January, but apart from that, I think I think Bassey, he at least deserves to be, you know, one of the top shouts and, and for me, that's why I voted him. Yeah. Anyone thinking Lundstrom or is he coming too good or too late in the season? Too late in the season. Too late, yeah. If he keeps up this form and it was it was this it's December time when you're looking at a player for the calendar year, he probably would be a shout. But right now, after the way he started the season, you can't you can't put down for player of the season, not for me. No. Yeah. And last but not least, Motherwell, quick prediction and and to keep Martin happy, uh, your first goal scorer as well. Alex. Um two 0 Rangers and first goal scorer John Lundstrom. Mark? Uh, 3-1 Rangers and first goal scorer, Tavernier. And Will? You won't be surprised to hear that, that we're not conceding because we never do. There you go, Graham Ross has just, has just stole my, my score prediction for nothing, but I don't think the opening goal will be a tough penalty, as like he says. I think the first goal will be scored by Conor Goldson. Happy days. Fabulous. Well, thanks for joining me. Jen. Well, you're not uh, getting anybody to lead. Score for that. <laughs> 6 0 again. Sakala hat trick. I want to repeat. <laughs> Lightning not strikes good. twice. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks, for, thanks very much for joining me, gents. Thanks, everyone, in the comments. 
uh, I have no idea <laughs> to finish this. So uh, well, I'll before, try my best. Before, before we go, Elaine, can I just say congratulations? An absolutely fantastic hosting debut from yourself. Absolutely wonderful. Tremendous. Thanks very much, guys. And, uh, and yeah, and everyone else who's uh, still listening, like, share, subscribe, YouTube, all the stuff. Martin's giving me a very big thumbs up from behind the scenes. So, uh, yeah, do all that. Uh, and obviously, we will be back on Sunday, I think, 11 o'clock, pre-match. Saturday, the game's been moved. Saturday. Saturday. Oh, I was going so well. We'll be back 11 o'clock on Saturday, pre-match build-up, and we will see you all then. Sports Social Podcast Network.